developing future. Brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo, a leading source of knowledge in fast emerging Asia and the Pacific for 20 years. Water may be saved through trade, provided it moves from countries that use water wisely to those lacking water, as a coming water crisis, driven by climate change, neglect of infrastructure, and misguided policies, threatens global economic growth in countries struggling to develop and in developed countries, says Alexander Livanoy, a consultant at Groupe d'Economie Mondiale. Savings don't refer to the volume of virtual water of the imported product, but to the volume of water the importers would have required to produce the same quantity of product. Globally, savings represent on average 10% of the 352 cubic kilometres of global fresh water used each year. Most virtual water goes into agricultural exports rather than industry and is heavily subsidised to make them competitive. There is no recognised way to price water, so it reflects demand and supply, and water, both surface and groundwater, is underpriced. The reality is that water resources are becoming more expensive to exploit, and this is not reflected in the price of a final product. It all depends on you know, what the government is locally doing, um, and by locally I mean domestically in a given country, um, to balance out the issues around water. So it's not necessarily an international trade issue at that stage. It's really just how strong is the regulatory system and the government intervention around this topic, basically, and how, what kind of trade-offs they are doing or making. As conventional water sources become scarcer, investment in unconventional supplies, desalinated water, reclaimed water, harvested rainwater, recycled sewerage can become competitive. But this is not sufficient to tackle the issue in the medium term. The solution is not to limit trade in agriculture, but to encourage companies to look at the water supply and respect the rights of those who have water and want to trade with those who do not, while acknowledging that water is a common good. If you put um, water in there as an important ingredient of how you shape international trade, at the WTO for instance, why not? Um, then you see that you see things a bit differently, and perhaps some of the decision taken uh, during the negotiation at the WTO would have been different if water was included in there somewhere. And the virtual the virtual water concept helps you know raise awareness, including to negotiators on you know the, the byproduct of your negotiation can impact how water is being used so you you'd better if you want to secure the production and secure an efficient trade system you'd, you'd better include that uh in, into into your formulas we're just there at this moment understanding the linkages between trade and water uh, we fortunately we have concepts and we start getting data to be able to say something and to start sort of, you know, speaking the WTO negotiator language through models and through uh, you know, projections and, and what could happen under this and this and this scenario. So we, we're getting more professional in a way uh, at this. But it's still in its infancy. Uh, and, but it, I mean, it goes back to the point that... Um, you know, shipping. The, the, for me, the only 
where we are commodifying water is through bottled water. But that's that's you know that's more for convenience in a way in the use of water. N- n- not generally. I mean, I know there are areas that you can only rely on bottled water because you know the, the quality of that is is, is a disaster. But but generally, you would never water your your you know your food production with bottled water. It would make no sense, right? So. Some 2.5 billion people do not have ready access to clean, safe water for drinking, washing and cooking, and access can be secured only by funding infrastructure projects, drainage, treatment of raw water and wastewater, distribution, abstraction and storage. But the high cost and low returns of such facilities are not attractive to private investors, leaving the state to foot the bill. Access to water of sufficient quantity and quality underpins economic development and technology, innovation and hard infrastructure are pivotal in resolving the water crisis. Investment in infrastructure and services, strong management that articulates planning, distribution and efficiency, and consistent and adequate regulatory frameworks will help all areas of the economy get the water they need without harming the environment. Reducing trade barriers and promoting services in the water sector, thereby giving it a cost in production, could make regulators pay more attention to what is perceived to be a plentiful resource and push them to look at more efficient and cheaper solutions. Supporting the efficient spread of water technologies is crucial to solving the water crisis. Singapore has significantly reduced its dependence on water imported from Malaysia by investing in desalination technologies and now serves as a global water research and development hub. Large multinational companies now invest in Singapore to support water technology research. Treated water, or well, if treated the right, the right way, uh, even sewage water is actually uh, healthier, you could say, than uh, natural water in many, in many parts of the world obviously. Uh, but um, there is a behavioural gap there where, and I'm going to be very impolite and vulgar, but uh, you don't want to drink the water that you piss. <laughs> and uh, But that's where we are. I mean, that's where we are. And we have the technology and, and we know how to treat that water, uh, either to give it back to the environment um, or to reuse it again. And I remember I was uh, in a discussion with uh, a big brewing company, so a big beer company, um, that made all the effort to, you know, decrease or increase, sorry, its water efficiency, right? So the use of water. And they came to a point where, you know, they basically were wasting, they were not wasting water anymore. Uh, They came to a ratio that was outstanding, in terms of how much water they put into the final product. So brilliant technology. And they say, what's the next step? Well, the next step is to, you know, reuse our, our wastewater. So instead of sending it to, uh, you know, the local wastewater facility run by the municipality, then we could use that and put it back into our product. Uh, but they say then, and then marketing got involved and say, we've run the, the ID to our consumers. And they say, no. We don't want wastewater, even if it's clean. We don't want it in our in, in your product. We want clean, natural water, right? Uh, and and the fact is, the technology exists, but there is sort of a resistance, purely from consumers' behavior around using and reusing water. 
But there again, it's a matter of raising awareness and changing behavior, and it will happen, it's for sure. There are technology, technologies and they're too expensive. It's a false argument. It is a false argument because why, how, why do we say that uh, they're too expensive? Well, they're too expensive because we, we consider water to be cheap. And people do care about where water is coming from, but because of the symbolic behind it, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, it's God's uh, gift. It's sacred. It's whatever you have behind this. It, say it has to be given to us freely. It's nature that is giving it to us. So it has to be free. It can't be, it can't be expensive. People don't want to pay for water. They just literally don't want to pay for water. But if they start paying for water, then they start saving it or using using it efficiently, and eventually technologies will become cheaper, right? But it's a relative issue. Right? Because water is expensive, then you can invest in technologies because they become cost efficient. Demand for investment is expected to increase rapidly, creating a predictable gap between the current funding capacities and new infrastructure requirements. Globally, $11.7 trillion has been invested in water facilities and related infrastructure to support the projected growth towards 2030. The water crisis can be alleviated in several ways, but technology and hard infrastructure will remain pivotal for ensuring equitable and sustainable access. Cross-border transfers of bulk water are politically sensitive and having water as a commodity in trade agreements leads to delicate negotiations among states over ownership and sharing. Water is such a local issue. I mean, that's why I don't want to make too, ma- too many analogies with oil because uh, oil can be transported, water cannot, uh, for instance. Uh, um, uh, oil has a global price. Water doesn't have a global price. Uh, but but um, uh, the, 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 the fact remains that um, <clears throat> we, we, we foresee that by 2030, around of, there could be a gap between availability and demand of water by 40%. Again, globally, right? So if you sum every local situation or every country-level situation, then there might be we might be missing 40% of the needs around water. It's, a, it's enormous. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's, yeah, how, can you, how can you live with this? Right? Uh, now, what this number, ha- this number is really literally hiding very different situation, right? So France might not be lacking 40% of its water, the water it needs. Uh, but it's likely that in a continent like Africa growing extremely rapidly in terms of population um, with infrastructure that are, that are lagging behind, this could be a reality. And if it is a reality in Africa, you can imagine the consequence uh, on the stability of the continent, right? Um, so, you know, it's a pressing issue. And that's sort of a politically correct way to say that uh, there is a pending crisis that could be very big. It could be a disaster. Uh, and we already see that coming. And we now are seeing that it's affecting developed countries that are probably not well equipped to deal with that. Take France, take uh, California, take, uh, I mean, Australia in a way. Um, and it's, if you add on to that, the, 
the dynamic of climate change, which, which is changing everything, not just uh, around the dynamic of water and its availability, but also how we use that water. So what you can grow using that water is changing because of climate change. During the negotiations to conclude the North American Free Trade Agreement, Canada forced the inclusion of a clause in the Regional Trade Agreement to protect its fresh water from export. When the NAFTA agreement was signed between Canada, America and Mexico, they started negotiating um, tariffs on products, including agricultural products among all three countries. And by doing so, they started negotiating volumes that would cross the border, including volumes of agricultural products, which means quite a few uh, litres of waters, but of virtual water, right, going through uh, the, the borders. Uh, but at the same time, Canada said to the US, I'm signing NAFTA, but I will never ship my water to the US. Bulk, my bulk water, my fresh water. I don't want fresh water to be part of the negotiation, right? Uh, and that's interesting because when, as they were shipping, uh, you know, um, cereals and, and, and other food products, they were actually shipping water. Mm-hmm. But they, they would, on the other hand, be very emotional about uh, shipping, you know, bulk fresh water uh, through the border, through through pipes or through canals or whatever the case may be, or even through rivers, by the way, natural natural rivers. Uh, so, you know, water remains an extremely emotional topic. But what people don't see is the footprint of what they produce um, and the fact that everything you produce needs water. Pretty much everything, uh, and uh, and 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 actually, the water is being whatever you whatever you do. Water is actually being traded. It is being traded. The problem is that the price of that water is not reflected as an input like labor, like capital, like land in that uh, production. So that's what the concept of virtual water is all about. It's not just measuring the content of you know, the water content of a product and saying your T-shirts require, I don't know, 10,000 litres of water to be produced. Each kilogram of the meat that you eat, it's 8,000 litres of water. Um, uh, your, the, the, you know, your bowl of cereal is actually uh, 3,000 litres of water. That's enormous amounts that are, you know, behind what you eat. But water is hardly ever traded as such. Notable examples of cross-country water transfers are projects between the south of France and the autonomous region of Catalonia in Spain, and between South Africa and Lesotho. Most large-scale transfers still occur domestically. The People's Republic of China is finalising the largest network of pipelines in history to transfer water from the north to the south of the country at a total length of 4,350 kilometres. But water can flow easily between trade partners through imports and exports when it is accounted for as a production factor. That's how parched countries like Australia and India can be major exporters of virtual water, even though Australia's freshwater withdrawals represent just 3% of its total renewable water resources. Water shortages could come at a high price for the continued growth of the country. The southeast of Australia is constrained by reduced rainfall, affecting wheat production. Some 80% of the wheat produced in that region is for export. 
A major buyer of Australian wheat is Japan, a country that, given its size, geography, and hydrogeology, is crucially lacking both land and water, and relies on virtual water to ensure its food sufficiency. The water crisis in several regions of Australia has prompted its government to profoundly revise its water management to redirect water to uses that have higher value. This does not necessarily exclude international agricultural trade, which accounts for much of Australia's economic stability. Water is too often considered an insignificant share of production cost, which doesn't reflect water scarcity and the cost of making water available. International trade can help alleviate the water crisis through the concept of virtual water. Reallocating water to higher value uses to get the most productivity from a limited resource at the country and regional level with coordinated trade and trade policies will help balance out the global water supply. We need to involve the private sector、uh, more and you know, create the business case for them to go into that. Uh, that area and start you know, developing and doing their job, which is basically uh, uh, finding ways, cost efficient ways to resolve the problem. And we go back to the same issue that water is underpriced, undervalued. So, how, you, how can you create a real business case for the private sector to engage into that?、Um, but I think there is something there that needs to be developed. And I think that. The private sector is looking at this issue you know, through, you can say,、uh, and particularly the financial sector is looking at this.、Uh, the assurance sector is also looking at this. What you need to do is tap into in a sustainable way, tap into the resource in a sustainable way so that you respect the dynamic and the water cycle.、Um, but but, but there, is, there is a crisis. And there's. I mean, and you could argue that these are just an addition, a collection of local crises. But when you add that up, you understand that you need to act at all, at all levels. It's too easy to say it's a local problem, so it has to remain local in terms of solutions. That's very true. But it's not enough as an answer.、Uh, and what can you do at the regional level, meaning, you know, Southeast Asia? Uh, North America, Central America,、uh, Western Europe, Eastern Europe. What can you do at the regional and、uh, global level to prevent that water crisis?、Uh, and there are ways. And people are thinking about how you can accompany you know, good local practices、uh, at the global level because it serves no good if all the efforts that are being done locally、uh, are not, you know. Um, accompanied at the global level. This is the last part of a two part interview with Alexander Levonoy, a consultant at Group d'Economie Mondiale. He explains these concerns further in Win Win How International Trade Can Help Meet the Sustainable Development Goals, a landmark study by ADBI. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. See the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.